Are Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi's expensive Olympic dreams just melting away? Did they ever really stand a snowball's chance in hell? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. Last week or so, Calgary Olympic bid news has been breaking and breaking and breaking. It's crazy. It's happening so fast. We've had dueling taxpayer federations, one in Calgary and one in Sweden, cross-endorsing each other's bids. We've had leaks and memos and secret meetings on city council and city councillors saying that they don't even know what's going on anymore. We've had the Olympic bid fall apart completely based on Notley's refusal to loosen the public purse and give the Olympic bid a penny more than $700 million, which is still a lot of money since we are, you know, broke. Tuesday morning when I recorded my interview with my guest today, the Olympic bid was dead and it was buried. And then the bid miraculously came back together last night at 10.30 with a cost-sharing agreement being reached between the feds and the city and the province. That involves drastic cuts to, of all things, the security budget. As I'm filming this right now, City Council is meeting to decide whether or not this latest cost-sharing agreement will be enough to continue forward with the November 13th public plebiscite, where Calgary taxpayers finally get their say about whether or not they want to pay for the Olympics at all. By the time you watch this, Calgarians will know if they're getting a plebiscite or a quick end to the Olympic bleeding. Joining me tonight in an interview, we recorded what feels like weeks ago because there has been just so much news and political wrangling in the interim is our friend William Macbeth from Save Calgary to explain to us how Calgary taxpayers got into this Olympic mess in the first place. now from Save Calgary is William McBeath. William, you're my go-to guy as far as the Olympics, actually as far as everything sort of Calgary taxpayer related. Um, And you've been on the Olympics beat from the very beginning. And we have a lot to talk about since last time we talked. Things are changing so fast. I think we talked about this probably a month ago and there's been a lot of news since. Um, Let's talk about some of the more fun stuff. Although this thing is falling apart so fast that it's all sort of fun to me to to see how quickly this is blowing up in politicians' faces. The spiteful part of me enjoys that. But there's these dueling taxpayer organizations that are sort of like pointing at each other saying, no, you want this thing. No, you want this thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, You're absolutely right. Uh, And so what's happened is that uh, a lot of cities have done the math on hosting the Olympics and realized that as the Olympics are being held today, it's just unaffordable to put on um, the, the, an Olympics the way the IOC demands and, and requires them to be put on. Uh, it, it's, 
a number in the billions. Tokyo, for example, had a budget of $12 billion for their Olympics. They just came back a few days ago and said it's going to be higher than that. It's going to be $25 billion, so more than double in the cost. So what we're seeing now are uh, here in Canada, we have the Canadian Taxpayers Federation who have done a lot of good work on standing up for taxpayers. Uh, There's a a Swedish equivalent to that. Not sure entirely what they're called because their name's in Swedish. Um, But the Calgary Taxpayers and Federation endorsed Stockholm's bid for (laughs) the Olympics uh, because Stockholm had said that they would use no taxpayer dollars in uh, in hosting the Olympics. Stockholm, perhaps, you know, not thrilled with the idea that they would be saddled with billions of dollars in Olympic-related costs, have endorsed Calgary to host the Olympic Games. So, uh, you, you know, we joke about this being the Olympics that nobody wants. It's now the Olympics people are trying to force on to other cities so that they don't get stuck with the bill. It's like a big frozen hot potato <laughs> that nobody wants. You're just tossing it around. Now, um, since we talked last time, the Alberta government has said that they will give money we don't have to um, the prospect of an Olympics, although it was much lower than I anticipated the Alberta government would give in pursuit of an Olympics. So that's sort of good when you consider the bad things the Alberta government just willy-nilly spends our money on. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and I, we said it before, I think, once on your show, that it was when the province forced the city to hold a vote on whether or not to hold the Olympics, that it's it was a surprising day that it was our NDP government uh, who were being the voice of democracy and reason in this. And I'll say it again. Weird. Twilight uh, Zone. Twilight <laughs> Zone stuff. <laughs> They are being uh, the voice of comparative fiscal responsibility uh, when it comes to these Olympics. So uh, even though the Olympic Big Committee won't publicly admit this, privately, they they were convinced that for this public funding model to work, the city would pay about 500 million, the province would pay a billion, and the federal government would pay 1.5 billion. And combined, that would get us to that 3 billion number that is in the proposed bid plan. Now, what happened, of course, is Rachel Notley and her government came out and announced 700 million. And announced 700 million and not a penny more, even if the costs escalate, which happens, as far as I can tell, in every single Olympics that's ever been held since ancient days in Athens. So it was a big blow to the Olympic Committee. Um, And it meant that there's a hole now in how much money they need from taxpayers from different levels of government in order to put these on. The feds just came out uh, late last week through the media and announced two important things. One, that they would fund up to 1.75 billion, which is a very big number, bigger I think than some were expecting, but that they would only be matching the contribution that was coming from the city and the province. So if the city's in at 500 and the province is in at 700, that's 1.2, and the feds put in 1.2 billion, then that brings us to 2.4, and that leaves a $600 million hole in the funding plan for these Olympics in 2026. Now, I, I know that Save Calgary sort of did a rundown of how much the Olympics would cost each and every Calgary taxpayer. Was that at the old projection or the new one or...? Uh, this um, and and credit to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation yeah. who who put that out. Um, I would say uh, what it did was look at 
assuming that $3 billion number was accurate, what would it cost a Calgary household, not just for their municipal share, but uh, their share of the provincial taxes that they pay and their share of the federal taxes that they pay? And they came up with a figure of a conservative figure of $2,000 per Calgary household to host these games. And again, that assumes that every project comes in on budget. That presumes that they sell every event to the level that they're predicting to sell, which is virtually sold out, that there are no unforeseen costs, there are no unforeseen increases in things like security or uh, transportation or any of those sorts of things, which also frequently spiral out of control when you're hosting an event of this magnitude. Unreal. Just when you think about the things that uh, uh, the average struggling Calgary family, not even struggling, but let's just say decently middle class family in Calgary could do with $2,000. Then she wanted Calgarians to spend it on a legacy party for himself. It's really appalling. Yeah, no, and and it's even worse here in Calgary because, um, as I think most folks know, Calgary's been hit hard by uh, the economic tough economic times that have affected Alberta. It's our unemployment is high. Our downtown office towers uh, have a very high vacancy rate, which means the amount of money the city normally gets from um, property taxes from businesses is dramatically lower than it has been in previous years, which puts more of the burden on. Uh, house owners, on, on, on homeowners, to make up the shortfall. So they could be faced with the double whammy of not only $2,000 for an Olympics that, as we've seen, uh, nobody wants, uh, along with also a massive property tax, uh, tax hike uh, in order to just balance the books or even come close to balancing the books at City Hall. And Calgary City Hall already wants to raise taxes just to pay for basic municipal services, and they still want to pursue this this Olympic bid at all costs? Uh, You know, any sane, rational person who just looked at this from a cost-benefit standpoint will come to the same conclusion we did, which is this is not a good deal. Um, Despite what the pro-Olympic people will tell you, the Olympics do not solve every single problem a city is facing. They will not bring head offices to Calgary. They will not raise the price of oil. They will not change the minds of British Columbians and Montrealers to let us build new pipelines. These are not things that an Olympics will do. What they will do is layer on costs to taxpayers. And it's and, and I think that um, our city council has been used to, for a very long time, simply hiking taxes and telling citizens it's for your own good, trust us, uh, we know what's best for you. And this time around, taxpayers said, no, we've had enough. We've had enough of you just raising our taxes and spending the money on whatever project you, you know favor, whether that's million-dollar cycle lanes or public art that people think is, you know, leftover construction material. <laughs> and and this time they said, no, we've had enough. This plan doesn't make sense for Calgary and Calgarians. doesn't make sense for my family. So I'm not supporting it. You know, it's funny that you brought up Whistler because wasn't Whistler um, one of the sort of satellite cities that might get part of the events if a Calgary Olympics went forward. And I know that some people were sort of saying, oh, you know, like, we can't give Whistler a piece of the pie if BC doesn't let us build a pipeline. I say give them the whole pie. Give them the whole thing. Give them the pie, the kitchen, all the fruit, everything. Take the whole thing, you know. (laughs) That's, again, the spiteful part of me acting up. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> now, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the leaked uh, information that's being leaked out of Calgary City Hall about the Olympics. We're so used to secrecy around Calgary City Hall. They do so much in camera, so out of the view of the public. Um that it's become such a problem that city councillors don't even know what's going on with regard to the Olympics. Sean Chu said he had no idea about some of the stuff the mayor was saying um, with regard to the Olympics. It's become really hard to find out what is actually true in this Olympic saga because you're absolutely right. Uh, I like to make the joke that city council's left hand didn't know what its far left hand was doing when it came <laughs> yeah. to these Olympics. Um, as of Friday, uh, what we know is that uh, apparently, according to the mayor, the fact that the federal government was going to require matching funds from the city and the province came as a surprise. Except we know that's not true because in September, uh, there was a letter from the feds stating, reminding Calgary about its funding for major sporting events policy, which said, we only matched and we weren't prepared to give more than that. So for the mayor to say that that, that was a complete surprise is, is just not true. Uh, we also learned that they are considering using money earmarked for other projects in order to top up the missing money from uh, the Olympic bid. And that could include taking money from Calgary's Green Line LRT expansion. <gasps> so, you know, a, a project which has been announced half a dozen times by half a dozen governments <laughs> yeah. of every level and, uh, you know, was supposed to be twice as long as it is now. And now they want to take hundreds of millions of dollars out of that, which means either building what? a quarter of what the Green Line was supposed to be, uh, or delaying its construction for years and years. So that came as a huge surprise, particularly the city councillors who uh, you know, have the Green Line scheduled to run through their wards and have been promising this to their voters uh, you know, during the last election. So all of these things just sort of popped up uh, over the weekend. And credit to, uh, to uh, Don Braid, who uh, did release some of these things uh, through uh, you know, his columns, um, uh, there are a lot of angry councillors that they were kept in the dark. And it makes me think, well, now you know now you know how the voters and taxpayers of Calgary feel all of the time when it comes to City Hall. We never get told what the real story is. And you're now finally getting a taste of what it's like to be locked outside from big decisions about big spending and about the future of our city. Now, we're recording this Tuesday morning. Um, it will air Wednesday evening. So a lot of things. So this is changing very fast. It's going to happen um, sort of in the interim. But what is happening right now with regard to the Olympics? Absolutely. Right as we're talking back and forth, the city council has an Olympic bid oversight committee. And that committee is meeting uh, right as we speak in order to consider a motion to withdraw Calgary from consideration of the 2026 Winter Olympics. Um, if that motion goes through and, and uh, you know, unless there's been yet another shocking development in the middle of the night and given how these Olympics have gone, that's entirely possible. Um, unless something dramatic has happened, that motion will, will, will be approved. And it will go to city council tomorrow, Wednesday, for uh, the vote of, of council, of full council. And if so, that would be the end of Calgary's Olympic bid. The plebiscite would be canceled. Um, we would presumably stop spending money on a bid at that point, although 
you know, who knows, because Bigco, the company in charge of our bid, is uh, not yet subject to any freedom of information laws. So we have no idea uh, what they're doing or how they're spending money. And uh, But it would be the, the last gasp of these Olympics. They would fall to the ground at that point. Well, I'm... I'm it's pretty clear I'm, I wouldn't be uh, mad at that. Um, I also know that there are some questions about, around how the plebiscite was going to be handled um, because I don't think that was entirely clear. And there are some problems um, with the Calgary municipal election. And I know a lot of people were concerned that those would sort of bleed over into the new plebiscite. Uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's kind of funny to think that Calgary apparently has never run an election before, uh, <laughs> and 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 they have absolutely no idea how to run one and have appropriate safeguards. So one of the things we learned is that if you've requested an advance ballot, um, your name is added to a list, and that list will be available to scrutineers for the different sides of this plebiscite to be able to cross-reference to voters who are voting. But that is the silliest way I've ever heard of maintaining voter security. In elections that I'm familiar with, If you there's a list of people who can vote. We call it a voters list. And if you voted through advance poll, you requested a mail-in ballot, then we would cross your name off that voters list so you can't come and vote on election day. Well, the city doesn't do that. The city just assumes either we'll be able to look through a list thousands of names long every single time a voter comes to cast their ballot on the day of the plebiscite, uh, or that because there's a penalty for voting twice, no Calgarian would risk it. Um, It is frankly a ridiculous position for the city to maintain, and it makes me wonder if Calgary has ever had a free and fair election in the last however many years, because apparently they don't believe in voter security, they don't believe in proper controls, they don't believe in maintaining the integrity of their own elections. It sounds like a weird job creation strategy to overcomplicate the voting process by having to put eyeballs on the voters list over and over and over again. Um, I wanted to ask you, do, do we have any idea how much this whole pursuit of thinking about an Olympic bid has cost Calgary taxpayers so far? Uh, short answer, no, we, we don't. <laughs> and the reason is, again, because so much of the information isn't publicly available. Uh, it, you know, it might become publicly available months or years down the road, but right now we don't. But what we do know is uh, they've already spent uh, millions and millions of dollars preparing for uh, the bidding process. And they've now spent millions and millions of dollars on the bid process itself. And they've spent however much money on their public engagement sessions, which are being held around town uh, and which are uh, discovering, by the way, that people are overwhelmingly opposed to hosting these Olympic Games. I would venture that the number so far is in the tens of millions of dollars. It cannot be less than that, given how much has been spent to date on uh, staff on, um, you know, reports on a boosterism on promotion, there's paid advertising, all of these things. So that number is in the tens of billions. How many tens of millions? Well, we don't know. <sighs> That's some more of that transparency from Calgary City Council. Now, I wanted to ask you, who do you think is going to get stuck with this Olympics? Uh, what happens if literally nobody wants it? 
So there are still three cities in contention for the 2026 Olympics. And, and by the way, this is not the first time that uh, it, they've come down to having few to no options on it. If the, for one of the Summer Olympics, uh, or Winter Olympics, sorry, it was uh, Beijing versus Kazakhstan. And uh, <laughs> by default, it kind of went to Beijing, a city notorious for you know, not having a ton of snow uh, in the winter months. So not entirely certain how that's going to work. If uh, Stockholm follows through on its threat to withdraw, if Italy can't get guaranteed federal funding and withdraws, and if in the next 48 hours, Calgary City Council puts a bullet in the head of our Olympic bid, that would leave nobody. And so the IOC has uh, spoken to the, the poor people of Salt Lake City who hosted the Olympics a while back and, and, and secured them as the backup site for the 2026 Olympics. You know, what did Salt Lake City ever do <laughs> to deserve two Olympics? I guess they're just too nice to say no to the big bad IOC and their, you know, who want their expensive two-week taxpayer-funded luxury vacation every two years. Oh, how terrible. Now, when the when God willing the Olympics um, gets axe murdered, uh, what is on the agenda for Save Calgary next? What's your next big thing on the horizon? Uh, to save Calgary taxpayers from, you know, spending money that they don't need to? There's there's so many things. It's, it's hard to even know uh, what to choose from. There's <laughs> uh, uh, the forthcoming massive property tax hike because uh, what I love is that uh, the city isn't going to present its financial update and, and, and preliminary budget until the day after the plebiscite. So uh, what good timing. Let's wait until after the vote to reveal a more accurate financial picture of, uh, of where the city of Calgary is at. But that's going to happen. And we're fairly certain it's going to include a, a simply catastrophic tax hike for, you know, certainly homeowners, possibly also businesses. Uh, and so that's definitely going to the top of our chart. Uh, this Olympics also, this plebiscite process, has showed us the incredible flaws that exist with how Calgary runs and holds elections. And the time to fix that would be well before uh, the, the next municipal election, where we hope to, you know, maybe make some real change, especially if this time the election is run fairly and accurately. Uh, so that's going to be on our list. And there's some perennial favorites that I'm sure will crop up. Public art. I uh, just saw a new $900,000 piece uh, that was announced and shown today. To me, it looked like uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, metal wire that had been turned into a boomerang. So <laughs> not sure what it's meant to be, but it cost $900,000. Uh, so that's going to be on the list. And uh, I have no doubt that when it comes to this city council, there is no shortage of issues for Save Calgary to be pursuing in the coming months. Well, William, uh, how do people support Save Calgary? How do they find out what you're up to next? Uh, absolutely. A few things that we uh, you know, use to try and stay in touch with voters uh, is through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Save Calgary, through our uh, website, savecalgary.com. We have a mailing list uh, and send out weekly emails on issues of concern. I got to stop you there. Those are the best written political emails I get every single oh. week. 
I think well, they're yours. I think you're writing those. And they're really <laughs> well, good. Well, we really appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun to poke. You know, I, I know that we're not very popular at City Hall. In fact, uh, I heard uh, from a friend who uh, works over there that uh, Save Calgary gets mentioned quite a lot in some of those closed door Excellent. closed door uh, <laughs> sessions. And, and they find us bothersome as, as a group. So that's a point of pride uh, for us. So certainly through our website, through our email list, follow us on our social media, particularly through Facebook. And we very much appreciate the support, enthusiasm, the positive comments we get from voters who think finally there's someone who actually cares about me and my family and my taxes, not just the big special interests down at City Hall. Can people donate to Save Calgary? Absolutely. We Perfect. are grassroots funded. And if you go to our website, if you check us out on Facebook, there are links to give us money. If you sign up for our emails, sometimes we put in a, a pitch for that. And we're very grateful for contributions we get, which allow us to do the research, to do the public awareness, to run the issue campaigns that we do to try and keep this city hall a little more accountable than it's been in the past. Awesome. William, I want to thank you so much again for how generous you always are with your time. And I want to thank you for I think you guys really spearheaded the charge against the Olympics and for transparency. So I think Calgary taxpayers owe you guys a debt of thanks. Well, thanks, Sheila. It's always great to be here. And we, you know, are so happy to be helping make life a little bit more affordable for Calgary voters. Amen. Thanks, William. Thanks. Again, I want to reiterate, as I'm filming this, Calgary City Council is meeting to decide whether or not the bid will go forward after a new cost-sharing agreement was reached late last night. The new cost-sharing agreement cuts a couple million dollars out of an already low-balled $610 million allocated for security and policing to keep the Calgary public safe during the Olympics. For perspective, it cost $1 billion to provide security and policing for the Vancouver 2010 Olympic Games. And Calgary's Olympic Games will be held 16 full years later. I can't see how the numbers are going to hold up. And I hope and pray they don't. I hope by the time you're watching this gun show tonight, the Frankenstein monster of the Calgary Olympic bid is finally dead. And if it isn't, Calgarians will have another chance to kill it November 13th at their plebiscite. And in the meantime, you'll have the good folks at Save Calgary looking out for taxpayers' best interests. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.